Well, good times. Would you guys make some noise for your band here? Good times. Hey, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, grab them, as well as uh, your little notebooks, hopefully, that you got at dinner. Go ahead and open those up as well and grab a pen or a pencil. We're going to get into that here in a minute. You're going to open it up to a book called John uh, in the New Testament. It's the four Gospels. Matthew is your first in the New Testament. Mark, then Luke, and then John. John chapter 1 is where we're going to start out. In fact, we're going to tackle a lot uh, really quick trying to, with six messages, try to get out of here relatively quickly. But we're going to try to tackle uh, a, a lot of uh, what we see in the book of John. So make sure you bring in your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, you forgot them at home. We've got some in the back. Go and see one of those lead counselors, those ones with the old sweet bag, that green bag. Go and see them. They'll get you a Bible. We'll get it next, uh, next time as you come back in tomorrow morning and or tomorrow night. John chapter 1 is where we're going to be at, and it says this. Sit in, because it's a little bit to read. Uh, I want you to take it in. Some of you have never really read the Bible. Maybe it's been a while for some of you. But these are God's words to us, and they're really important, especially as we talk about this theme. These are some of the main verses here we're going to be talking about all week. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and with him was not a thing that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. This word that we just talked about, in the very beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. That same word we're going to see in verse 14. We can't miss it. That word that was in the beginning, verse 14. The word became flesh, became human, dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory is only the son of man from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried. This is of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 16. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace, and there's that word again, truth, which we're talking about all week, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Would you pray with me as we begin? Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the bus ride up. 
the anticipation and excitement to get on the bus, let alone to drive uh, and or in the cars to make that trek up this long hill to finally see the lake that we've been waiting to see. Getting out of the bus and the excitement of hanging around and seeing things at Hume Lake, whether it's for the first time or that return time. Lord, as we're here tonight to uh, understand your word a little bit more, as, as Harrison was saying, Harry was saying, we just I pray that students lean in a little bit to hearing what you have to say, and I pray that your words are clear. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, my name is Rich. Uh, I am a pastor down in Long Beach. I worked up here at Hume Lake uh, for 14 years, actually. I did the high school ministry uh, at Ponderosa, which was awesome. Made a lot of fun videos, and it was a good time as I helped create some of these themes uh, for Hume Lake. Well, uh, in 2016, my family and I, we moved down to Long Beach. We just felt camping was awesome, but we really felt the call to help with the local church. So I've been now there for about seven years doing adult ministries, working with uh, parents, working with men's ministries, and helping out with a lot of different things. So that's what we're doing now. My family is around. You'll see them here and there. Uh, this is my family, a little picture of them here. This is uh, Isley on the right. That's me. That's my bride of 15 years. That's Allison in the middle. And then my boy August, who is coming to this camp in just a few weeks which is mind-blowing. He is going into sixth grade. Uh, so that's, that's my family. We like to have fun. We moved from here. We went down to uh, Long Beach, like I said, and Knott's Berry Farm is right around the corner. So, of course, we got to, I wish you could zoom in there and see how terrified my daughter is on that. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, but with all that, we actually just got a new addition to the family um, just uh, a few months uh, back. And um, this is it. This is the, this is the addition. To the family, don't stop. Hang on. Her name is Scouty. Well, Scout, but don't worry. She's cute here, but she is a beast. Look at this one. She is crazy. She's crazy. That's my son's arm, but she wishes it was mine. You'll probably hear some stories about Scout, Scouty girl. Uh, she, she, she's nuts. She doesn't like to listen very much because she's still a puppy, but we'll, we'll get to there. So um, that's a little bit about me. I'm excited to be here this week talking about God's truth here. We're going to talk about John 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God put on flesh and dwelt among us. Why would he do that? We're going to talk about that uh, throughout this week. But let me tell you a quick little story here about my family as we just moved down. And uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, there, there's a point to it, and I don't want you to miss it, and that's kind of the point of the story. My son, August, uh, when we moved down here, he was about six years old, so we moved down to Long Beach. And we're only 25 minutes from Knott's Berry Farm, so we decided let's get Knott's Passes. So we got Knott's Berry Farm Passes. Anybody uh, been to Knott's Berry Farm? Any fans? A lot of, a lot of Knott's Berry Farm fans. Good. So, um, you know, it's fine. It's not. Disneyland, right? Uh, but it's fine. It's great, right? So my son never really been on a roller coaster before. He's six, uh, maybe seven at that time. And he was kind of scared about this, this you know, just kind of starting out roller coasters. So we decided let's go the easiest one in the park, and it's called the Jaguar, right? There's really nothing scary about it, but he's never really been there. So we get there, and we decide to go on a Saturday, which is a very big mistake when you go to Knott's Berry Farm. You go on a weekday, not on a Saturday, because the lines are insanely long. And sure enough, this line is long. And we stand there, and I ask the person in front of me, oh, excuse me, how long do you think this line's going to be? They're like, well, at least an hour. And I was like, oh, 
hey, August, you sure you want to wait in this line? He's like, for sure, Dad. We're going on the Jaguar. I was like, all right. I mean, we'll go on the Jaguar. If you want to go on this ride, we'll go on the ride. So we stand in this line about a half hour into it. I'm like, hey, buddy, this is the time to get out. We've been in this a half hour. I'm just over it. It's hot. And uh, if you don't want to go on it, we don't have to. He's like, oh, Dad, we're going on this ride. I was like, great. We're going to stay on this line. So we're winding through. About 45 minutes go through. I'm not asking anymore because he's going on that ride whether he wants to or not at this point, right? Well, we get up to the very top, and now we're getting closer. You could actually see the car coming in. The gates open. People get in, and then they take off. We're getting closer but when you get up top on the, the Jaguar, you're seeing other coasters around, not just the Jaguar, and you're not just seeing them, you're hearing them, and it's rocking the place that you're at. So my son is starting to freak out. Uh-oh, what ride did we go on here? What? Dad, I can't, I don't know if I could go on this ride. And I was like, buddy, it's fine. Those aren't these rides. This one is like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy ride. It's like a baby ride. It just kind of goes around. It'll be fine. And he's starting to get scared. He's like, okay, Dad. All right. So we get up to the front. We're the next one. Car goes. It's now been 59 minutes. I know that because it's clocked in my memory forever. So I've been waiting almost an hour for this ride. And finally, we're the last one. We're the next ones in line. The gate opens. And then, you know, my son goes through and he goes to sit in. And then, uh, and then I get in, you know, and I'm about to pull the, the lap seat down because once you do, you're locked in, right? I'm about to do that with my son, and all of a sudden, my son does this. Nope, right? And he jumps out of the cart. And he was pretty smart at the time because uh, he knows dad can't really reach him and just grab him by the neck and throw him in because he's just a little too far out of my reach. And I'm like, hey, August, get, <laughs> get in the car, bro. And he's like, dad, I don't, I don't know if I could do this right. And I was like, <laughs> Not the time, buddy. You're riding this ride, and uh, it's, it's time to, to get in the roller coaster. He's like, Dad, I can't. And he's, he's itching you know, farther away from me, and I'm like, no, no, no. Don't you do it. And I'm kind of inching towards him, and he inches back, and I'm like, August, do not move anymore. He's like, Dad, I don't think I could do it. And I, it's just like a, a moment with me and him, and then everyone starts screaming, hey, sit down. I'm like, you sit down in line, right? Like, just zip it, all of you people. People running the, the, you know, the whole ride, they're like, hey, you got to, I was like, you got to be quiet, right? I'm like, son, just you and me. Shh. Hey, it's okay, bud. But you got to get in the ride, right? You got to, you got to sit down. And at this point, my son does this. I'm sorry, dad. And he walks out the exit line. And I was like, well, somebody's going to steal that kid, right? Because I'm riding this ride, right? And I, I'm just kidding. I have to get out because my son's six years old, and I've got to get out of line, and everyone starts cheering me. I'm like, Bleh. and then these next people are very excited. They sit down in the car, and that train takes off, and I walk out the gate very sad, and I walk past my son who's just broken and sad, and this is my moment to be that patient, loving dad. And August looks at me, just sad eyes, and he's like, Dad, I'm so sorry. And I look at him, and I'm like, buddy, I need a minute. And I walk away from him, and I just keep walking, and I see this roller coaster going up, and I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm a grown man, right? And I'm thinking in my mind, I should be on that ride. And I'm walking, and August is behind me, maybe, and I'm walking down, and I look, and he's there, and he's just all sad, and I'm not comforting him at all. I get to my wife and my little daughter, and my wife's like, oh, how was it? I was like, talk to your son. I got to take a moment, right? And I walk away, and I'm being so dumb and I don't even understand and and I'm just so mad and I don't know why I'm mad and then it kind of dawns on me I'm mad because 
Well, it doesn't matter why I'm mad. I was in a moment there with my son. My son's really longing to just be with dad. And I just passed him up and I come back to him. And I'm just like, August, I'm sorry, buddy. He's like, you're a terrible dad, right? I'm, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. I give him a hug. My wife, you know, we talk later and she's like, you got to get that under control, right? And here's the thing, right? I, I got frustrated for a lot of different reasons. The, the biggest reason, and it's not justifying it, I stood in this line for an hour. We would stand there and we'd stop. And we'd stand there and stop. And we'd move and we'd stop for an hour in hot awfulness, smelly, hot place, just to get to the front of the ride. And when we're about to go on the ride, August missed the whole point of standing in line. You don't just stand in a line to stand in line. You stand on the line to ride the ride. That's the point and that's the purpose. Friends, the reason I tell that story is we start camp out. I don't want you to miss the point. I don't want you just to come to camp just to come to camp. That's not what Harrison, the, the, the staff here, your youth pastors, your parents, you don't want you just to come and miss the whole point of why you're here at camp. The point of camp that we're doing is here is to help point you to this, what, what truth is. And we're going to find truth in a lot of different ways. And, 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 and who is the one we're going to talk about? Who is the one that actually defines truth? And that's who we're going to talk just quickly about tonight. Who is God? In fact, you have your little Bibles or your, your, um, your notebooks. Here are two questions I want you to answer and I'm going to give you a few minutes to do it, all right? So hopefully you have a pencil, and hopefully you have that paper, because it's not as good if you just think about it, all right? Trust me, I really want you to have something that you're looking at, not just today, but throughout this week, and ideally, as you go home, you're going to continue to look at these two questions. I, I believe that. I, as a pastor, these are questions that I ask friends that are maybe going through a hard time in life or exciting times in life. Two important questions. Are you ready? First question. I don't want you to answer it right now. I just want you to write it down. First question. Who is God? Don't write it. Don't, don't write the answer. I just want you to write the question. Who is God? Now give yourself a little bit of space. Next question. Why should I care? Not me. Why should you care? I don't, I don't need any reactions right now. And I don't need you to talk to your friends about the question. It's a very two simple questions. Who is God and why should I care? Friends, I do believe that most of you will ask this question some point in life. As Harrison was even talking about, the camp director here, Harry... If, if, if you're here, why not take an opportunity just to start thinking about these things? So I'm going to give you two minutes, and that's just not enough time. I recognize that. It's a really hard question to answer, but I want us to start our, at least even processing it. So we're going to put some music on here. Don't go anywhere. Just stay where you're at and answer those two questions as you're looking at it. Who is God? Why should I care? I don't want you to look at neighbors' papers. This is something I really would love you to engage in. So take a look, those questions, 
Let's get a little music on here. You got just a few minutes. I'm going to process that here with you. We're going to talk a little bit about what that answer is and why it's important. I'll share some thoughts, and then we're going to get out of here. All right, so who's God? Why should I care? Let's turn some music on. Ponder that for a few minutes. Write it down, and I'll come back here in just a minute. Hey, it's on your own. You don't need to share your answer with anybody. You can... You are in junior high now. You have the ability to think for yourself. Let's do it. No talking. Shh. Who is God? Write the answer. If you don't know, put a question mark. But I would love you to start to really think. And why should I care? And I think that there's people out there that you don't quite know. And maybe you don't have a relationship with God. But I think you can maybe answer why you should care. So take a moment. Think about it. Hopefully you've gotten through maybe that first one, who is God, maybe move to why you should care. Again, if you're just sitting there, it's okay. I'd love you to write it down. You're going to get out this week as much as you put in. So bring stuff next tomorrow. Bring your Bibles, bring your notebooks. That's why you got them, all right? Why should you care? If nothing else, then at least process it for me. About 30 more seconds. Ten seconds here. We'll start wrapping it up. All right, cool. Thanks for the music. All right, so look, not a lot of time. I know that. But here's the thing. I would hope you to continue to think about that answer Here's the thing. As you look at that first question, who is God? I want you to think about this question. Is it biblical? What I mean by that is, is it in the Bible? Do you find that answer in the Bible? You don't tell me. You don't have to tell me. I just want you to think about it. Because here's the thing. What I did not ask is, who do you say God is? I didn't ask it because, friends, there's too many opinions out there in the world today. Everyone has a, an, an, an opinion of who God is. I don't care about opinions anymore. Let's go to who God says that he is. And the only way we know that is through his word, the Bible. He gave us this, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, to know who he is. So as we ask the question, who is God, if it's not in the Bible, it doesn't, it's just an opinion. But if it's in the Bible, it's God's words. It's who God is saying, this is who I am. This is what I am like. So if it is biblical, it's true about him. That's awesome. Number two is you look at it, whatever that is, if it is biblical, the question then is, why should you care? And I'm not sure what you wrote. It'd be very, I'd be very interested throughout the week to hear about that. Maybe at breakfast or lunch or dinner or around. I'd love to engage in those conversations with you. But here's why I think that it's important. The way you answer that first question, who God is, why you should care is because the way you answer that, it really would affect the way that you live your life. If you say that God is love, which is true, 
Why then do you, some of you, walk in here, you write down, God is love, and then you feel that you're not loved? How come some of you can say God is hope, and those that are Christ's followers, you say God is hope, yet you find yourself in a place where you just don't feel hope, and you feel hopeless, yet God is hope, and you feel hopeless. That doesn't work. What about some of you that I think maybe wrote, God is king of my life, yet you live as if you're in charge of your life and not him. When we say, who is God, and it's a biblical view, we stop thinking about what we think is right, and we start to get an understanding. Wait a minute. Who does God say that he is? And as we do, it takes our focus off of this and puts it here. A right view of God dictates the way we live our life. So quickly, I want to just walk through. Here's just, this is overwhelming, I know. But as I think about that answer, as I've been processing it more and more, these things continue to change and grow. And I, I have it on here. Not everyone could see it. So I've got it on the, uh, the side screens as well as I walk through it. I just want to go through four really, really quick. Biblical ideas of who God is or, or capturing attributes that make up who God is. The first one is he's eternal, and we find that in Genesis 1. That is fascinating, and it should blow our minds. God is an eternal uh, creator, so he's, uh, he's eternal. He's unlike anything you know. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. He's always existed. There's no beginning and no end. There was a triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, fully uh, uh, complete, needing nothing and no one. There was never a time where God was not. And at times I think that God is like this little genie in a bottle that I get to pull out when I need something from him. And it's a wrong view of him. I need to remember that he is eternal. And that allows me to stop and do this. Oh, that's cool. I don't know anyone else that's eternal, and he is. That alone should make me do this. Whoa. But he's not just eternal, he's creator. Creator Psalm 115 says this. Uh, our God is in the heavens. He, he does as, his, as he pleases. Genesis 1 also says, God, in the beginning, God, what did he do? He created. God gives us life, and out of him, all life exists. He is the highest authority, meaning no one tells God what to do. He is the highest authority. He has all knowledge, all power, and all ability to create life. That's awesome, to breathe things into existence. He created it. It's his world. Everything is created by him, for him. He runs the show. And I think that that's important because sometimes I think I run the show and life is about me. And I can't believe I'm the only one in the room that feels that way. And as I think about a biblical view of who God is, it reminds me, okay, God is eternal. Man, that's unlike anything. That's pretty amazing. That in and of itself should make me do this. Whoa. But the fact that he's creator, it's his show. He calls the shots. I need to remember that. He's not just eternal creator. What else? He's fully satisfying. We see that in Jeremiah 31. It says this, I will satisfy the weary soul and every languishing soul I will replenish. 
Psalm 16, in your presence is fullness of joy. In light of this eternal creating God who is fully satisfying, how in the world could we be satisfied with anything else? He says, come to me. Anything that you crave is a cheap imitation of me. Don't settle. And I need to remember that he's fully satisfying because I think that too often I look for other things that are a cheap imitation of who God is. And he says, don't settle. If you want to be fully satisfied, come to me. Don't look for it in other places. And for me, I have to continue to remember he is eternal. He is creator. It's his show, not mine. He is fully satisfying. Let's not find satisfaction in other things. And he is personal. Genesis 3, in fact, says that, that he, Jesus, that, that, that in the beginning, God created, he created everything, and he, and he enjoyed his creation, and he walked with his creation in the garden in the, in the cool of the day, that he actually enjoys his relationship with his creation and, and, and them with us. My son and uh, uh, my daughter, we, we actually we drove up a week ago to teach in high school last week, and my wife joined us later on in the week. But as we were driving up, my son was overwhelmed as he's coming and we leave Long Beach where we don't have a lot of, you know, forest. And we we were were driving up the hill and he grew up here. He just forgets it sometimes. And he's like, man, dad, look at the beauty around us. I'm like, I know it's pretty awesome, isn't it? He loves nature. And he's like, it's just so cool that the God who created this knows us. And I was like, do tell, right? Like, that's exciting that you're understanding that. He's like, no, no, dad, like he really, he knows me. And I was like, I know. And then he makes this connection, which blew my mind. And I don't know if you guys, you know, watch different, you know, uh, uh, people like guys on on YouTube, but my son uh, every now and then will, will turn it on with us, of course, right there watching it with him. And he watches this guy named Unspeakable, right? And, uh, uh, it's fine. It is what it is. I don't love it, but it is what it is. I watch it with him because YouTube could be very, very scary. But he said this, and he put this together, this, this like YouTube sensation guy uh, that everybody seems to know. My son said this, if unspeakable, dad, if unspeakable like gave me a shout out and knew me, that would be That'd be pretty crazy. Like, I think my mind would be blown. I'm like, I know, that's, that's true. He's like, but God is so much bigger than unspeakable. And I was like, do tell. And he says, the fact that God knows me, that's a lot, Dad. And I'm like, well, I'm preaching this week. Do you want to preach, buddy? Because that blows my mind, the fact that you can understand that the God of the universe, who is this eternal creator, fully satisfying God, beckons you into his life to say, come and be a part of what I'm doing. I'm not a distant God. I, I choose to engage in a relationship with you. I know you, and I want you to know me. And I know it's week, it's night one of camp, and I'm just hoping that you slowly start to understand the gravity of a fact that a loving, holy God cares about us. In fact, John 1 that we talked about at the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word, Father, Son, Spirit, always existed. They didn't need anything. 
But the word, in the beginning was the word, the word word was God, put on flesh and dwelt among us. He's not a distant God. He walked with his creation. And why? We'll talk about later this week. He's going to go to the cross, but also he's coming to walk with his creation. Friends, this personal God isn't just personal. He is faithful. He is just. He is life. John 10. He is good, Luke says. He is hope. I'm telling you, in the world that we live in, you want and need hope. He's love. How many of us, and you don't have to raise your hand, is looking for love, and here's the problem. We can have people in our life that are loving, but only he is love. He's the source of it. So quit settling for a cheap imitation And go to the source. And he is saying, I am the only one that can give it to you. And this God who is faithful, just, holy, love, whose hope, satisfying, personal, eternal, creator. And we start to think about him, get overwhelmed. And he's like, now you're starting to get it. I am unlike anything else. I am holy for Samuel. I am unlike anything. I am set apart. So quit thinking about me like, oh, I love chocolate and I love God. I'm not like that. Don't put me on the same level. I am very different. Have a higher respect for who I am. Why? Because I am the highest authority. When I walk in the room, if I was to walk in the room, you would fall down on your faces because of who I am. And we don't think about that enough. And as we have a right view of God, when he sets the tone and he says something, we don't get to debate it. Because the highest authority sets the truth. And as we talk about this week, what truth is, is truth will be on trial as we talk and we see this through with the the doggy judge uh, courtroom. Is we're going to hear about truth of who Jesus is and the truth of God's word. We have to understand a right view of him and in light of a right biblical view of God, He sets the tone of what truth is. And what's mind-blowing is whatever you put in your little notes there of who God is, if it's biblical, it's true about God, just like he is love and satisfying and hope and good. And these aren't just little things that make up who God is. He is fully hope, all of him. He is fully love and fully faithful and fully personal. That is who he is always. He can never not be good and personal and love and hope always. And that's where we look for our truth because he can't be something that he's not. So he can't lie. He is our source of truth. And this week, as we talk about it, I would hope you continue to dive into God's word and start to think about those answers. Who is God? Why should I care? Because the way you answer it, friends, will determine the way you should be living your life. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for Hume Lake and the team here putting this theme together. And I pray right now for the students as their hearts are just starting to wrestle with truth. And as we talk about things in this chapel and and, and outside in our cabins that we do start to focus on being mature with these kinds of things. Because we're at that age now, we can start thinking for ourselves. 
don't need to joke around with our friends. We don't need to think about the next thing. We need to be in this moment, God, and actually stop and actually have a right view of who you are. And I pray that's what we do. And then we have a blast because this camp is so fun and we've got lots of opportunities to do it. But God, may we not miss the point. May we not just come to camp just to have fun. May we be here to understand a right view of who you are and what you want for our lives. God, thank you for being an eternal, creating, personal, fully love and full of hope, all satisfying God. May we continue to keep our eyes not on us and what we think truth is. May we look to you, the author of truth. May we dive into that this week. It's in your name we pray. Amen.